Welcome to Virtual School Assembly. I'm your host, Tyler Christensen. I'm a productivity speaker, author, and classroom teacher. Here at Virtual School Assembly, I interview Hollywood celebrities, professional athletes, Olympians, speakers, and educators who share messages of inspiration, education, and hope to better prepare you for an ever-changing and uncertain world. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Welcome back to Virtual School Assembly. Today, our guest is Diallo Burks. Diallo's from LaGrange, Georgia, attended LaGrange High, in which he won a state and national title in football. Burks then went on to Eastern Kentucky University and played four years under Roy Kidd. He spent the next 13 years playing in the NFL with the Eagles, Panthers, and Raiders. He also played in NFL Europe, uh, the XFL, and Arena League. So he has been any place you can play football, he has done it. Uh, he's now at a teacher and a coach at Callaway High School. Uh, Diallo, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. How's everything? Uh, doing great. Obviously, things are a little crazy right now with COVID, and, and that has certainly affected the football world. But we're seeing that now um, schools are getting into their fall camps. And at least where we're at, people are practicing and, and getting back into things. Where are you at with as far as your team and, and your school there? Are, are you guys practicing now, or is it still on hold? Yes, yes, we are. We've been cleared. We are full go. Um, actually, in Georgia, we wanted a few states to um, really, you know, not really shut down um, football wise. We just started a week later um, with modified workouts. So um, yesterday was our first day of um, acclimatization. So we, we're in it full steam ahead. Yeah, well, that makes sense. In in Georgia, I mean, um, football is way more important than staying alive and everything else. So, <laughs> so makes sense that that you didn't shut down. Well, Diallo, before we get into what's going on right now, let's talk a little bit about your history. Obviously, you had a long career uh, as a football player, but tell us a little bit about growing up in Lagrange and what that was like, and and how you got started in football in the first place. Okay, well. Um... I come from a, a family where I have a younger brother, um, you know, cousins that's very athletic. Um, and so I grew up, you know, playing all sports. We, we played them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, um, I wasn't that kid that was really good in anything. So I had to work extra hard in order just to keep up with, you know, the older guys and, you know, my, my friends. Right. And so, um, baseball was in my heart that was that was my number one deal and so I played you know in rec league um up until middle school and you know two years of high school but football I only played three years of rec league of football before Hmm. entering into middle school and so I was one who always sat on the bench and um you know I was at practice every day mom was at every game but I never played and even into high school, my first two years, I sat on the bench, never played. And so my junior year as a wide receiver, I had the most total plays out of all the wide receivers, 327. Wow. But I only had four catches. That was it, out of 300 and some plays. So my time came my senior year when we had the number one QB in the nation, who was Rodney Hudson. And so he demanded a lot of attention. And um, a lot of college scouts would come to practice and come around. And so we ended up 
playing 15 games and in the state championship. So that year, um, I had 10 interceptions, uh, didn't start defensive back uh, because I played behind a first-round draft pick named Walter Harris, <laughs> who uh, went to Mississippi State and then got drafted first round by the Chicago Bears. So he ended up getting hurt. He had a knee injury through the first five games. And so I was a I was a filler. I just filled in and, hmm. and went in and, like I say, you know, got those stats up and, you know, also played on the other side of the ball. So, um, like I say, that was a magical year. And through it all, 15 games, state championship, number one in the nation, I only had four letters, four college letters. That was it. Um, North Alabama, Tuskegee, um, Eastern Kentucky, and West Georgia. That was it. Wow. And Eastern Kentucky was the only one that gave me a full scholarship. So they gave me the opportunity to, to get out of LaGrange. Yeah. So a true underdog story then, because not only were you under-recruited, but then from EKU to the NFL, no, not very many people make that jump, you know, from Eastern Kentucky to the NFL. So, so walk us through that. How did you go from being this unknown uh, receiver to eventually landing in the NFL and then playing uh, internationally? Uh, what happened there? Well, well, once again, Eastern Kentucky, anybody know anything about the Colonels? They were uh, running back you. And so, you know, they produced a lot of running backs and, you know, just ran the ball heavily. We was guaranteed two two running backs were going to get 1,000 yards. And so we never really threw the ball a lot. Um, but I ended up not getting redshirted my, my first year, um, played a little bit. And then my sophomore year, junior year, and senior year, I led the team in, in receiving. Uh, but I only caught 30 balls per year. That was it. But I had like 10 touchdowns and my yards per catch was one of the highest ones in the, in the conference. So we had a projected first round guy, Jason Dunn, who um, went to the Eagles. He was drafted at the Eagles second round um, together with me um, as a free agent. And so he brought all the scouts to campus. He had a pro day. Now I didn't know anything about a pro day. He just told me, within 30 minutes of the workout, what was going on. And so I got dressed quickly and went over there and worked out. Told him, I said, you're not leaving me here. And in the workout, um, our quarterback was Greg Couch, who is Tim Couch, his big brother. Hmm. And so he threw balls to me in the workout. I did not catch one ball. I didn't catch one ball. I mean, he was throwing them in the sand, in the stands. Uh, and afterwards, I asked him, I said, man, do you not want me to make it? You know, just joking around. But he's one of my really good friends. But in the drill work, the L drill, they made me run the drill six times. I ran the drill six times and didn't know why until afterwards. And they told me, say, that you had one of the fastest recorded L drill times out of all the people in the, in the United States. Wow. And so – that afforded me the, the opportunity to, to get into camp, um, which the Eagles called a day before I was getting married, um, just getting out of school. And um, like I say, everything else was, was history from there. Wow. So this is what kids want to hear, right? Uh, there are kids watching this video who are thinking, okay, I'm going un under the radar 
I'm not getting the, the shot that I want, but yet through your experience, you still managed a 13 year pro career. Um, and all it took was a few things dropping the right way, doing well in the L drill, getting a shot because someone else on your team was getting attention. And so there are opportunities like that that crop up. Now, if you could do that all over again, was there anything you could have done to, to get more visibility or to get more attention from scouts or anything like that? Or, or did it go as well as it could have? Well, one thing I would say that you, you can't control, um, especially as a coach, is the development process. Mm-hmm. You know, my body wasn't fully developed. You know, coming from high school, I was 6'1", 155 pounds. Mm-hmm. Going, going in and so I wasn't a big weight room guy. Um, now that would be one of the only things that if I could do it over again, that I would, you know, take, take a lot of interest in, but I didn't have the confidence that I needed because I was so small. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, at that time, if you want, you know, lifting three plates or benching, you know, 225, you was considered the bottom of the barrel. And and so my self-esteem and confidence, you know, when I needed to become that. And so, um, so you know, I just went on ahead and, and like I said, just kept working. But to do it all over again, that would be one of the things that I would do over. But people have to understand the development of kids' bodies, you know, and where they are. Now, mentally... I was way ahead of the curve because we had a lot of guys that came from my high school that went pro. We mm-hmm. had 20, I think we were right at 21 guys now, wow. NFL guys that came from my high school. So I was able to see, you know, the path that a lot of them was taking because they were my, you know, childhood heroes growing up. So I was able to watch how they maneuver, how they work. They would come back and work with us. Um, and they would just give knowledge you know, that way. So mentally, I was there, but physically, I wasn't where I needed to be. Right. Now, when you played in the pros, uh, obviously, you played for a number of different teams, um, and even did the XFL and Arena League and Europe. What are some of the things that you learned in just moving around so much and being with so many different organizations? What benefit was that to you? Um, as you look back at it now? Well, I I often tell my guys that I love the process. I love the process and, you know, learning it from the ground up. I wasn't a draftee, so I didn't understand going to a combine and, you know, going through that process. My thing was, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come in, you're going to run a 40, and you're going to run routes, maybe five, if that, and that's it. And so, taking advantage of the opportunity came part of my DNA and just understanding that I've always been at the bottom. So now my eyes are set on. So any weakness that you have, if you're above me, I'm going to know that weakness. And now I'm going to try to exploit that, you know, with my game. And so just rising to the top, every league that I, that I've been in, you know, I tried to, be that top guy. Now, of course, the NFL was a different beast. It was a different beast um, because money talks. Hmm. You know, a lot of times the best players are not on the field um, because of money. But, um, you know, 
the respect part of it, I gained a lot of respect from those guys, those superstars, because of the way that I worked and how I competed. So that was fulfilling in itself right there that those guys recognized, you know, what I could do and, and, and you know, really love my game. Now, the other leagues that I played in, hey, I'm, I'm trying to be the best, period. You know, that was my mindset. I'm going to try to be the best because I wanted to get back to that pinnacle level of the NFL. Mm-hmm. So you were able to make a career playing professionally, and now you're on the other side as a coach. Um, so again, still living in the football world, a lot of the kids watching this, they want a career in sports. They want a career in football. What advice would you give that kid that's thinking about pursuing uh, either a professional playing career or maybe just a career as a coach or an analyst or something like that? Those who are looking to go into sport as a profession, what advice would you give those kids? I would say one, really figure out if this is what you want or not, um, because it's not about the good days. It's not about the good days. It's about the days where you go in and you don't have fun. I often tell my guys now, I said, I haven't worked a day in my life because this is what I want to do. This is what this is what I love. This is my passion. I'm not doing it for the glory. You know, I like the way the grass is cut. I like the way the lines are on the field. So I'm looking at those minor details that people often take for granted. And that's what I love. And that's what I try to get these kids to understand. Whatever it is that you want in life, you have to love it. This is have to be your passion. And so with me, you know, I would say, first of all, if this is your love, go and get it. Don't let nothing stop you because it's going to be a tough road. It's going to be a tough road. Number two is build your network. Build your network. Uh, your coaches are your first line defense they're your first line you know a lot of people don't like coaches no players oh, I don't like this coach because he's driving me to be the best and you just can't recognize because I was saying I was saying where some of the coaches I hated in high school I love those guys today because I get it at that time I didn't get it so coaches are in the fiction to best coaches want to win they don't want to lose so not, you're not the best point in time, period. It's nothing personal. And um, so we'll say that build relationships because they have other people that they know that can help you out as well. Uh, and then third, understand your brand. You're building your brand. So if you want a career in football, why should I pick you? Why are you different than anyone else that in Iowa or New York or Florida. Watch it pick you. And so you have to bring something special to the table and you have to be unique in your way. And the and the answer to that is just doing the best that you can each and every day and refuse to lose. Period. Refuse to lose. Losing is not an option. In anything, in work ethic, ethic, and in, in gameplay, practice. Losing is not a option. You have to win every single rep every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. Well, coach, thank you so much for being on the show today uh, and, and giving this advice to, to kids who are looking at a future in, in sport. Um, really appreciate your time and, and being able to hear your story and your journey. 
you so much for joining us today on Virtual School Assembly. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to Virtual Assemblies. And leave us a rating and review so we know what you learned and took away from this Virtual Assembly. Videos and show notes are found at virtualschoolassembly.com. And if you're a school leader and you're looking for a speaker for virtual or traditional in-school assemblies, or if you're looking for some teacher training, I'd love to connect with you to see how I can help. You can check out my website at tylerchristiansen.com. Thanks. You are super duper. Let's go out and make the world a better place. Bye-bye.